0: We'll start with the set-aside prayer. God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps for recovery, what's best for me, what's best for others. Help me let go of all my old ideas so I can live on your spiritual truth. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me, the sinner. Help me carry your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> Uh, We covered the first paragraph on how it works Wednesday. I talked a lot about what's required to get to this page. It's read at a lot of meetings. It's usually read sometimes out of a big book, but sometimes on cards. Um, They assume that you've taken the first two steps when you get to how it works, and the first two steps are covered on 57 pages in doctor's opinion. And we talked about uh, the first step and um, uh, the second step uh, on Wednesday, um, and how it works is how how do I get the obsession removed? How do I get the power of choice? How do I have a design for living that works? How do I have a relationship with a power greater than myself that? uh, relieves my problem. And how do I get there? See, I, a lot, a lot of people know that I need, I knew I needed God, but I didn't know how to get to, into the relationship with God and how to allow him to be my director and stop directing. And it's a lifetime job, but there's certain instructions in the book to help get us to the point where that can happen. And that's on, uh, Page 84 is where we enter the world of the spirit. That's in step 10. So we have to do some work in three through nine to get into that world where God, we're with God. And we have a relationship with him, not perfect, but where uh, we know to go to him when we get separated. And we stay close to him and we allow him to work and allow him to be our director and guide and do his will. And on 10 and 11 on page 8048, tell us really how to live a life where we can stay in a relationship with God and try to practice his character as best we can with God's help. And we have to fight it all the time. Uh, there's a favorite, famous line in Romans in chapter seven, where Paul says, I could not stop doing what I didn't want to do. So if you think you're the only people that have had that problem, and people look down on alcoholics. Well, it's been going on forever. We have to fight the spirit and the flesh. And the flesh is our self-centeredness. And the spirit is, the, is the, what I call the Holy Spirit. And we talked about honesty in the first paragraph. It's basically about how can you be honest? And, and I, I, I think honest is, is, you can't be honest until you can see the truth. If you don't know what's, what's the false, you could be honest about the false, but we want to be honest about the truth and the truth. We see the truth through, I believe God, when we are given the gift to see that we either go on to an alcoholic death or we have to live a spiritual life, that there's no other choice. And that's that point of complete surrender by the disease. Complete defeat, hitting bottom, if you will, not hitting bottom circumstances, but hitting bottom in here where I just, and Dick described that you just can't, I couldn't do it anymore. And I've heard other people in this room talk about their moments of complete defeat. And I don't want to ever forget it. And so those are the people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to the program. And I talked about I, I, there is a difference between the fellowship of AA and the program of AA. The program of AA is the steps, the instructions on seeking a relationship with God. The fellowship is a fellowship of people together trying to work the program. And so people say they're in the program and they, they, I know what they mean, but we're either doing the program or we're not. And we could be in the fellowship and not do the program. And how well that works, uh, I don't know. For me, I have to do both. And so they're talking about giving themselves to this simple program. Now, I do believe it starts by giving yourself to the fellowship to get to the program. So you can't start with the program and do it by yourself in the basement. You need a group of people together helping you. And then I was thinking a word sponsor while I was driving here. And people sponsor events, you know, they put their name on and they, what they're saying is that they give their name to this event as something worthwhile. And sponsor with Dr. Bob in the beginning was you, wh- well with the Oxford group they got the word sponsor from the Oxford group was someone would say this person I think really wants this. and. You sponsor them to come to participate in it, and we we tend to think of sponsor in a different way. I I, I don't know what's good or bad, but our, the sponsor in the beginning, uh, the beginning of AA, you paid for the hospital bill. You took the guy to the hospital and you paid the twenty-five or thirty dollars it was, in those days, to help them. And the sponsor, the idea of the sponsor was someone who would go through what they did. And if you wanted what they have, you would do this. And it wasn't formal because there was no book. So Dr. Bob did it like five days. And, and then they would carry around these cards with the list of uh, their character defects on one side and the list of God's character on the other. And they'd check off each day where they were. And then they'd compare it. And they did a lot of prayer and meditation and reading of scripture and they worked together. It wasn't someone above someone else. it was It was a community, and no one's better than anybody else. and it's it's I don't know how it's it's seen today. It's got different names, and people do it differently. but um, and so the people who can't um, give themselves a simple program, they're incapable of grasping and develop a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. So you have to grasp and then develop it. So first you have to grasp it. I think you do that in steps four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and then you develop it in steps 10 and 11. And rigorous honesty about what? Do you call the police when you go over the speed limit? Um, I, I think to me it's rigorously honesty about my powerlessness, about my thinking, that my thinking may not be right, it could be wrong, and that I may be seeing things wrong. Even the possibility of that was a big step for me in the beginning, right? Ryan and I can relate to that because we're real smart, you know, so we were always right. I just messed up my whole life being right and um, so we have to, and rigorous means something that you work on. It's, it's, uh, it's like rigorous exercise. It's the, you want to be vigorous about it. You want to be, uh, devoted to it. And you can have grave emotional, and mental disorders. And I see a few in the room. I probably was one of those may still be, I'll have to ask my wife when I get home, but many of them do co- recover if they have the capacity to be honest. And and then I wrote honest about what, my old ideas, whatever I thought, what I thought I knew. Am I honest today? And I can't be honest unless I'm seeking God. If not, I get back in my old thinking. And and it it says if they have the capacity to be honest, some people don't have that ability. I was thinking of a young man. Patty and I were talking who, who died and and uh uh roland was that his name roman Roman, yeah and roman poor roman he would come and he had serious serious psychiatric issues and just a sweet guy and um, i was thinking about him and he used to come all the time and he felt comfortable here and it was a safe place for him and um But he he wasn't able to do it. He didn't, he was, he had severe, and there are people like that. So now we'll go to our stories disclosed. We each have a story in a general way. It doesn't have to be perfect, but a general way of what we used to be like. And can we tell the new person what we used to be like? And then what happened and what we're like now? And you could talk about Christian witness could be the same thing. Uh, but we witness, we witness to the to someone what we used to be like and what happened and what we're like now. And uh, hopefully they can see that what we're like now is something that they want to have. And if you if then if you make a decision, and what we used to be like is not really how much I drank, but my self centeredness. How my my thinking was based on self and how I made bad decisions. And then that led to the spiritual illness and then I couldn't stop drinking or using to relieve that. And then I made bad decisions. Anybody else do that? And I had a lot of shame and guilt. And then I lived in constant fear. And uh, in fact, I didn't know what it was like to live without fear until I came in here and started working the steps. Uh, you know, the two fish say to each other, what's water, you know? Well, fear was just the, the uh, air that I was living in. I didn't even realize I was always uneasy, o- always a little uneasy my whole life. And I'd have good days where I'd, you know, feel good about myself, but then i you know, I'd, I'd get back to uneasy. Why? Because I didn't, I didn't have a relationship with God. I was relying on myself and what the world thought of me to be okay. And then what happened? Can you tell somebody what happened or what you did? And then how that's changed you. It doesn't have to be a PhD thesis. It's just in general. So they have an idea. And I think that's what the book does. The book in the first uh, 58 pages tells you what it was like and why you made a decision to, uh, to believe in God. And now they're going to ask you to make a decision if you decided and you have to decide you don't want what you have. Now that's something that people miss. If you don't want what you have anymore, and, and you have to admit that to your innermost self, and that's hard because I didn't want what I had on Monday, but by Friday it wasn't that bad. You know, it was, you know, Monday was bad. Friday, it wasn't that bad. You know, I can, and, uh, uh, but it wasn't till I decided that I didn't want what I have because I just couldn't go on. I, I really couldn't. And you want what they have. Now, how do you know what they have? They're gonna, th- they tell you in the first paragraph of the Ford the first edition they had a had recovered from a seemingly hopeless condition of mind and body. And I have to realize that I have a hopeless condition of mind and body. I can't stop drinking. And when I drink, I can't stop control how much I drink and living sober. I can't stop starting to drink. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a bad situation. And in fact, it's fatal. It may not be physically fatal for a while, but it's emotionally fatal. So if you want what you have, and they tell you what they had, they had a uh, a spiritual solution to a spiritual illness. And they had a, a way out on which they could all agree, remember on page 17. And they had a design for living that worked. And then they tell you on page 24 that if you uh, are an alcoholic, at certain times you will drink again. There's no, they were too nice about it. They say you have no defense, but you will drink again if you're an alcoholic and because you have no power not to. And then on the next page, they talk about the solution. It's a whole change in our personality, changing the way we look at things. And now when I get disturbed, I know it's me. I have to change the way I see it. I have to call somebody I have to pray. I have to ask God to remove the character defect that's blocking me from him. How can I be different? Any of you have to do that at all? More than once a day, we all have to do it. But I find that I don't have to, I don't have as much fear as I used to have. And my fears now are silly. It's always about the chiefs and I call Mark. And then, um, you know, if I get disturbed, it's just, I just say it's, I'm seeing it wrong. It's a waste of time. Now, if you want what they have, here's the key. You can decide you want what they have, but that won't do you any good. You have to be willing to go to any length to get it. And it can't be my length, it has to be their length. And like Mark will tell us, what does that mean? It means any length, right? It means any length. Can you follow directions? Do you know how you know if you're defeated? Or are you going to follow directions? And, and so I try to give simple directions, at least. I've gotten very simple now. And uh, see if they're willing to do it. If they're not willing to do it, then they're not done. And that just means they're not bad. They haven't been defeated yet. And I think the reason this is such a bad disease is you can't it's hard for us to get defeated. Our ego is so strong, our narcissistic core. What did Henry Thebolt says? It's very hard to give up on our narcissistic, egocentric core. That's why he said the second step, just being willing to believe that there's a power of than ourselves is a big deal for us, turning the direction of our lives. So if you're willing to go to any length, it has to be a new way. And then the any length should not be my plan. It has to be someone else's plan. Um, then you're ready to take the certain steps, and they're they are their steps. And so that's a key line. So you have to decide you want what they have because you don't want what you have anymore, and you're willing to go to any length, their length, your length, length with God to get it, and ready to take certain steps. So you're ready now to take them, but you haven't done anything yet. This is like steps one, two, and three, right? And it's, and guess what? At some of these, we balked, what a shock. Balked is, means uh, resistance, right? It means, uh, oh, I don't wanna do that. It's, it's a baseball term, I never could figure it out, but um, we balked. Now, why do you balk? Because you're not done. You're not completely defeated. That's why this book is written for people who are done. They're constitutionally capable of seeing the truth. They can they can develop a manner of living, which demands rigorous honesty because um, Happy Veterans Day to you from your brother. Um, And so uh, at some of these we balked. Why? It's so beautifully written. I don't know how they wrote this. We thought we could find an easier, softer way. So they all thought that. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, half measures. I'm not going to go all out. And an easier, softer way, I think, still means I have my plan. I have a way. I, I know what the easier, softer way is. But they couldn't. So they're telling you, they balked. They thought they could find an easier, softer way, but it couldn't, it wouldn't work. It's like the God idea. I have to stop playing God. Why? It doesn't work. The easier, softer way is not going to work. It says, with all the earnestness at our command, so they're, they're making a plea to the reader. Earnestness is conviction everything that they had, they're asking you with all the earnestness at their command, we beg of you, they're begging of you to be fearless and thorough from the start. Fearless and thorough, thorough in seeking God, thorough in following the directions. Fearless means not to balk, not to have fear, to have the courage to go on and do it. Now, Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas. So this is what they did. They tried to hold on to their old ideas. And I was gonna bring the Sandy Beach thing and drop the rock where he talks about his old ideas. We have to drop my old ideas. That's my rock, my ideas about what's best for me, what's best for others, what I need to be happy, what other people need to do to make me happy, all of my resentments, my, my fears, Um, Everything that I thought I knew, I was wrong about. They tried on to hold my hold hold on to my old ideas. That's also the ego, and that was my problem. My problem was my old ideas based in me running my life. And I had old ideas when I was four or five. I I could I can even remember and what I thought I needed to be okay or to have approval. And my old idea was that I had a delusion that if I could just manage the world successfully, I would have happiness and satisfaction or get approval. And guess what the result is? Nil. Now, nil is not good, right? Is that a legal term? It means nil, none, until we let go absolutely. Now, that sounds good, right? Well, what are you letting go absolutely of what? Everything, everything you think you know. And what I tell people, and it was true for me, is I was wrong about everything. All my resentments were wrong, they were wrong judgment. My fears were all wrong belief. I made a lot of wrong actions based on that. I had wrong ideas about what I needed to be okay, what would make me okay. I, had, I have, still have old ideas about what would make my wife happy, <laughs> what I think she should do to be happy. Now I've progressed enough through all these years that I don't say anything now. I'll think and I'll say, well, no, keep your mouth shut, Michael. And We get along, the, the more I keep my mouth shut, the better we get along. Is there a relationship between that? Yeah, it's it's amazing. She can talk all she wants. That's okay. But I have to keep my mouth shut. So we have to go. And that's a really powerful paragraph. These two paragraphs. It's a really a warning, isn't it? That if you're in this situation, unless you're there, and and then they tell you why. Remember, we deal with alcohol, a liquid in a bottle. That's cunning, baffling, and powerful. It's a liquid in a stupid bottle that has power over us. I was at the Roman study with uh, five people there, and a few of them are very brilliant uh, analysis of human behavior. And somehow we got onto alcoholism. And I said, you know, you can't understand pancreatic cancer till you have it or you're a doctor. I said, I don't think you can understand alcoholism unless you have it. And so, uh, and I didn't try to explain it to him or anything. But um, uh, they think it's just weakness, and we're bad, and, you know, sinful, and they're probably true. But uh, um, it's fine, because they don't need to know, right. And I don't I don't care what they think. I did say that if you're very self centered, and if you have self-will and you're unhappy in your life, there are steps in AA that will help you to be at more at peace and to be more tolerant and loving. Because we were talking about at the end, the Romans, how we're supposed to be in and practices and with each other, less judgment, get the hint and kinder and all that. So it's a liquid in the bottle that's powerful. Why is alcohol powerful? because my mind seeks the effect of it. That's pretty powerful. Same with, I'm sure with heroin and drugs and things like that, probably gambling, um, sex addiction, whatever. Uh, Your mind seeks it because it's gonna make you feel, relieve how you feel. And so, and how do you get to that point where alcohol has power over you? You learn when you start drinking that it changes the way you feel. And the doctor says we drink because of the effect produced by it. We're irritable, restless, and discontented, which means we're unhappy with the way things are going according to our running the world. And we want the ease and comfort of it. So it does something for me that we seek. Now, towards the end, I don't know how well it works. We drink right through it. But uh, it does, it damages our mind. And this uh, speaker was making the point that our mind, part of our brain is damaged to alcohol. I can't see the truth about it. And once we trigger that, that receptor that says, I don't like the way I feel, alcohol will make this better, we can't turn that off. We don't have a pill that can do that. The only thing that can do that is our relationship with God. And hopefully by using the tools, we don't get to that point where we trigger it anymore. Because we go to God when we're irritable, restless, and discontent. And so we have a power greater than alcohol. So a liquid in a bottle is running my life. does that sound pretty stupid? But it's the truth, isn't it? You can't explain it to other people, can you? Without help, it is too much for us. Now. That's human help, right? Now, with God, we have what kind of help? Perfect help. And so why are we hesitant to go to God? Well, that's the age-old question. And why did people not want to hear about God? And, and um, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have the answer to that today, but there is one who has all power. Now, a lot of people don't like God, They don't like the word God. So you could say, one who has all power. And Sandy Beach said he would say that all the time. After like three or four years, he got tired of saying it. He just said, God's a lot easier. And one who has all power, because there has to be something that has all power. Well, it's not me. And I think maybe that's the first thing I have to realize, I don't have all power. I have none. One who has all power, that one is God. And then here's what we need to do. We need to find him now. Now, uh, he's not lost by the way. Where do we find him? We just read it in the last analysis he's found deep down inside of all of us. We find God when we peel away everything in our personality and our thinking that isn't God and we see God. We peel away our self-centered character and we see God's character. It's hard to explain that to a new person, but that's what happens. And then we we we're in the now and we find them. And you don't have to wait. You can find them now. How long do you have to wait to find them? Well, the longer you wait, the longer you're living without a power. And that's why I want to move faster than the people I sponsor, because I worry because I'm a doctor and I'm a caregiver. And I'm more worried about them than they are because they're not doing it. And the other thing is I have to watch that, you know, I have expectations on how quickly they should be doing it and this and that, you understand my alcoholism. So I have to watch for that too. And I have to be reasonable. And uh, that's hard for an alcoholic to be reasonable, isn't it? But may he find him now and that's why uh, Bill and uh, Dr. Bob didn't wait very long to get people right into it. He'd give them a day in the hospital to clear their mind. Half measures availed us nothing. And a uh, measure is a plan of a, of a course of action to achieve a particular purpose. So half of it doesn't do anything. We stood at the turning point they're killing me. We stood at the turning point, and that's the key. When you stand at the turning point, what direction do you go? Well, they asked his protection and care with complete abandon. And, and they did it with complete abandon, and they asked his protection and care with complete abandon because they didn't have anywhere, any other choice. And so when you run out of choices, that's where we are. And I'm going to end there. <laughs> For those on the podcast, they give me a hard time these days.